All right, welcome back to the sh- to the show. And if you don't know what this show is, it is the Gospel for Life. Yes, um, where we try to apply um, the truths of uh, God's word and what he has done for us in time and space through Jesus Christ to our everyday life. That's what doctrine is meant for. And uh, on the show, the usual suspects, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring Reformed Church. Brother, how are you? I'm doing fine. And you know, this is what each of us do every Sunday too. Yeah. When we when we go into our pulpits, we are applying the gospel for life. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Let's pray. On, on, our, on our good days. Yeah. <laughs> and then Russ Herman from Cloverdale Reformed Church. Good to be here. And then I'm Josh Bells from The Well Boise. So we are reviewing uh, Paul Tripp's book, Do You Believe? And he's, he essentially is kind of doing what we're, we're trying to do on the radio program, which is taking doctrine and then showing how it applies to everyday life. We've been looking at the doctrine of God, um, specifically God's existence. And um, there are four different ways that people can respond to the question of the existence of God. So the first category of of people who respond to the existence of God is those who simply deny God's existence. Yes. Paul Tripp expands the the categories beyond two, which are those that believe in the existence of God and those that deny it. And he he actually adds levels of 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 this. You know, and the first is as you say, those who absolutely uh, deny the existence of God. And uh, you know, this is this is the position of so many people. Actually, the the Bible actually doesn't it tells us that um, you know they. They are suppressing the knowledge yeah. of God. They, you know, there's nobody that actually really truly denies God, yeah. but they suppress the knowledge of God yeah. um, because he's what may be known about him is clear, and so this denial is not necessarily a, a true, well, atheism. It is. It's you know because they'll turn around. It's a deism. And it's a. They'll turn around and worship something. They right. they believe that you know. They create their own God. Yeah, they make themselves God, but they but so they deny they deny the existence of the Creator, Sustainer, and that we know. Yep. Bertrand Russell, a atheist from the last century, when he was asked, um, you know, what would you say if God said, you know, why didn't you believe in me? And his response is, not enough evidence. Yeah, Bertrand Russell. Yeah, yeah, and. What that is is a suppression of the evidence of God that's all around him. Mm -hmm. Um, Psalm 14, which actually Paul will use in Romans 3 to talk about the the sinfulness, um, the utter sinfulness of of all humanity, um, begins with, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And it's interesting, in the Hebrew, it actually says, the fool says in his heart, no God. Mm-hmm. The, there is no verb. And so um, we supply the verb in our English Bibles, there is no God. Mm-hmm. And so you can actually read that either there is no God or the person is saying no to God. And I think in in some ways it might be a both and mm-hmm. rather than an either or. I would claim that um, – a person who denies God, it's not an intellectual problem. It's a heart problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Romans 1 is is, is drawing right. forth, that they see all the evidence and they say, no, because I want to worship this instead. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not 
that's not enough. That's not a problem of evidence or information. That, you know, Paul Paul describes it in Ephesians later that you know don't be like the Gentiles because their foolish hearts have been darkened, mm-hmm. and um, that that's the the fundamental problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, maybe a follow up to this question: Our culture is actually largely influenced by those who do not believe in the existence of God. Why is that fact important to realize? Because those people. Um, are those that are teaching in universities. It's those people that oftentimes are politicians. It's those people that are in the entertainment industry. It's, it's those people that are some of the major influencers of our culture. Um, and they are influencing people, sometimes are very children, um, to frame a worldview mm-hmm. That denies the existence of God, and the best thing that they could, the best thing that we could say about them is they're trying to create a neutral world, mm. where where you know it's not my God or your God. Let's just be on neutral ground, and I think that's problematic in and of itself, because um, anytime we act like there's a neutral part of our life. Uh, that's where we're back to that f- phrase of glory stealing. God says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. In, in essence, there is no such thing as neutral ground. And it used to be in our culture, I, this is not going to, to unravel into, I'm advocating that we were a Christian nation when we were founded. However, we were Christian in the broad sense of the word in the fact that those that were our framers did believe at least in the existence of God. Yeah, we're talking about what others would say, a Judeo-Christian ethic. That, yes. That pervaded everything. And so there was a time in which our culture was influenced by those, primarily everyone, that believed at least in the existence of God. And mm-hmm. that existence of God did shape yeah. the, the thinking, the, the teaching, yeah. the, the policies of our country. It's a salt, it was a salt, so to speak. It was yes. a cultural salt yes. that pre- helped preserve culture. Mm-hmm. And what happened, and Francis Schaeffer in his How Now Shall We Live book, How, uh, um, how Now Shall We Now Live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Chuck Coulson. Um, <laughs> he was beautiful in demonstrating how that basically ceased to be true in our culture. That mm-hmm. the existence of God no longer is the determining factor and mindset and worldview um, within our culture anymore. Well, Case- the, the challenge is because um, you know, broad is the way that leads to destruction; narrow is the way that leads to life. Which is a reminder that w- Christians are always going to be in the minor- minority. That you know, that we're not the majority, and so the influencers around us are. Manifold and many. There's, you know, there's all the, you know, as you pointed out, it's in, it's in politics, it's in our education system, it's, you know, the the friends our kids are hanging out with. It's, it's this denial or living as practical atheist in this world. You know, they, they may, you know, they may have suppressed that knowledge, but their, their, their desire is to get you. To move away from the very things that yeah. you believe. Yeah. So it's not that they're just they're satisfied with living in that way, but their denial forces them to desire for you to deny those things as well. Yeah. So that's the first category of people is, are those who simply deny God's existence. Mm-hmm. The second kind of response to the question of the existence of God, the second category, is those who believe in a concept of God, but seem to have little desire to know him. And it appears that their belief makes no difference in the way that they live. So they accept that God exi- exists, 
but it has little effect on their life. So let's talk about that. How does belief in a God concept and not an actual belief in God affect a person's approach to God and religious life? Well, I think you see this quite quite frequently in our culture where people will talk about God in kind of this abstract, um, you know, I love the baby Jesus type of way. Um, where they're not atheists in the fact that they're they're not going around saying that God isn't. I mean, so they'll talk about a, a God and talk about the existence of God, um, but there's no true belief in. Yeah. They have not mm-hmm. put their life um, in his hands, if you want to say it that way. Um, he makes no difference yeah. in any detail of their life. Um, and so – and I think this is broadly where our culture is. Yeah, yeah, isn't absolutely. this what you didn't you say? De- deism. Yep. It's a, a form mm-hmm. of deism. It's a, it's a having a distant, impersonal, unattached, uninvolved, uncaring, inactive, powerless uh, God. Yep. That's that's a the non-personal God. God. Yeah, non-personal. I mean, when Jesus was asked. What's the greatest commandment? So if you believe in God, here is an expert on God, Jesus himself, answering the question, what's the most important thing? And what does he say? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The person who who says they believe in God, but it has no effect on their life. I mean, even if you didn't have the words of Jesus, I mean, common sense will tell you, this God, I owe my existence to this God, therefore I owe servants a service to us him i owe love to him i owe affection to him i owe everything to be brought under his control it it is it is absurd to think that we owe nothing to the god who made us it's kind of like saying being in a marriage but you don't live in the same house you never talk to him you 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 don't interact and and aren't involved with parenting um you don't share finances that you you're just living a separate life but you you have a ring on your finger, yeah. And people are like, why are you married? Oh yeah, I'm married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there is absolutely no part of your life that reflects that you're married to somebody else. Yeah. And that I to me that's what this category is. Yep. A lot of people have a ring on their finger, and say, yeah. oh yeah, I believe in God. Yeah. So the third category um, that Trip brings up is uh, Christians. I mean, mm-hmm. the people who actually not only believe in God in the Bible. But they have come to God in confession, in surrender, and in worship. So, um, what characterizes the lives of those who fit into that category? Well, I think this is kind of where we've been before, where that does influence every detail of how you live, at least in the ideal. It it, it affects how I view money, or my work, or my my education, or my kids, or or my spouse. It affects, you know, the affections of my heart. I mean, Josh has talked about that we love God, and and, and that means that we love Him by loving His people, and, and loving the things that He has commanded. So, I mean, it just should flow and touch every arena of our life. I, I think the, the trip is getting to the idea that some people have this ability to comprehend god but they they turn it on and off at different times in their life this this is a category he's not saying this is the ultimate category because these people may go to church on sunday and then they may turn it off on monday or they or they may actually carry it through halfway through the week and then they've turned it off because there's something else that uh, 
attracts them and they you know they're they're pursuing and so yes they'll they'll grieve when they do that to some degree and then they get back on track but he's talking about those that actually know that know that um the bible is true they know that god exists and uh, but they're not consistent in this fashion well, I think that very much touched on the fourth category, yep. right? And, that, like, and, that, and yeah, bridges right into the fourth category. Yeah, that that the truth is is even the most. Um, well, it, let me let me just explain. Uh, you know, so if you say that you you value you value God, you know, like we can if if somebody were to look at our bank account, we could what we say we value most would be detectable in our bank account, how we use our money. And this is what he's asking, you know, in that third category, he's saying, you know, ask yourself if you're exercising biblical faith in in God. Um, Ask, you know, look at these things. If if I could look at a video of your last six weeks at home, at school, at work, with friends and neighbors and during times of leisure, would I conclude that you fit in this category? Mm. Uh, He's asking. Mm. how, How do we fit into that? category yeah again touching on the idea of the experiential so that fourth category of living as practical atheists i think trip does a really good job of just recognizing that's kind of how we all are meaning that there are snapshot pictures of our life where we're not theologically atheists or theoretical atheists but we act in that moment as if god doesn't exist so flesh that out a little bit so I had a, an elderly lady in my church say um, this statement when I was a kid, and it stuck with me for the last 40 years. She said, um, every time we sin, at that moment, we are saying that we love that sin more than we love God. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's really, I think, nuts and bolts of what, what practical atheism is. It's not saying that we don't love God, but there are moments in our decisions, in our choices, in our attitudes, in our actions, where we practically put other things above God and live as if he doesn't exist. That's right. Like he doesn't determine our life. Yeah, and and Tripp in this book, Do You Believe?, um, it talks about those times when we, you know, for instance, gossip or cheating, or maybe it's something that we do. Maybe it's not being nasty in your comment to your wife other things like that and that's why we need the continued grace of the gospel to cleanse us to wash us uh, to remind us that we are uh, justified by God not by our actions but by what he has done that is the show for today we will see you next time thank you